0: The Man Whore Podcast is sponsored by Hotmovies.com. Try out some ethical paid for porn for free with none of those hidden fees or secret recurring subscriptions when you sign up at Hotmovies.com slash bonus and use the promo code MANWHORE. Now let's get to the show. Welcome to the Man
1: Whore Podcast.
0: shout out to all your real dolls virtual gals and imaginary girlfriends this is billy proceed and you are listening to the man whore podcast yeah i'm a big hit with all the imaginary girlfriends out there got a strong contingent of imaginaries in my audience um except we're not really supposed to call them imaginaries anymore but hey you know I've never been known to say all the right things. What's up, everybody? How you doing? I am your host, Comedian Billy Presida. Uh If you, this is your first time checking out my program, this is a podcast where I typically talk to women I've hooked up with about sex, dating, and why we didn't work out. However, uh, this week's special guest is not one of my former flames, although we did share quite a cathartic hug after we opened up to each other uh, when we recorded this thing. Virtual cam girl Ella Darling from cam4.com is on the podcast this week and I cannot wait to share her with y'all in a bit. Um uh, I've also please don't skip the intro this week. I've got something important I really need to discuss with y'all. But of course, before we get to this important announcement, before we get to Ella, you know the deal. Show dates people, show dates okay. Uh next Tuesday, June 26th. I'm up in Sloatsburg, New York. I'm gonna be at characters, bar, and restaurant at 8 o'clock. It's a free show. Um, then August 3rd, we've got a Man Khan stand-up comedy show featuring some of my favorite comedians who have been on this podcast. That's gonna be a good time. That is at Lucky Jack's on the Lower East Side. Then August 4th, we've got a live man whore podcast yeah it's gonna be me one man on one stage with four of my exes because i hate myself for your entertainment so uh tickets will be on sale for both of those man whore con shows next week uh and just a friendly reminder everybody i've put a hit out on my nipples if my patreon page reaches fifteen hundred dollars pledged me, Billy Persida, will get his nipples pierced at ManwhoreCon. And yeah, we gonna live stream the thing. Head on over to patreon.com slash Podcast. throw some dollars down, get us closer to our goal, and Billy's gonna have some barbells. All right. Um, As I alluded to before, yeah, I got a little bit of a more serious thing I want to talk to y'all about. Um... So, I was supposed to have a special co host for this week's intro Uh, as a a fellow sex podcaster who was going to do some announcements with me and then record a bonus episode for Patreon. He canceled on me last minute um, a few days ago because the Whisper Network against Billy Persida contacted him, advising him to cancel with me. And from what I can tell, it's the usual network of my critics who have been silently contacting my guests or harassing sex-positive friends of mine in the recent months. Now, this guy used a lot of vague language because he agreed not to share any supposed specifics, but you know, he was saying that, uh, quote, back channels claim I've, quote, acted unethically. He made it clear he's not publicly denouncing me and isn't sure how fair or unfair this treatment of me is. He's just disengaging. He's stressed about it. He accurately gets that I'm frustrated about it. And he hopes that this isn't all just what he calls a baseless smear campaign. And look, and I'll try to keep this whole soliloquy as brief as possible because, look, we have an awesome guest this week and I want to get to her. And I know many of you are tired about uh, tired of hearing about this. But I'm trying to make sure that there's no claim that I'm trying to hide something from you people with whom I've formed such a beautiful bond. What's incredibly frustrating is that um, when pressured, he wouldn't share what it is I'm accused of. He was able to say it didn't have to do with my 2015 Twitter meltdown. And it doesn't have to do with my ex-girlfriend P. And it doesn't seem to have to do anything with any physical violations. I don't, I don't want anyone to think I'm about the Chris Hardwick surprise them, okay? I've been very public that I'm sometimes a huge asshole. Uh, there have been, currently are, and will be again, in the future, people that I owe apologies to. But without knowing what I did, I can't actually do anything. I don't know if I need to dismiss, contextualize, apologize for, admit to, or take corrective action on any particular incident. And look, I don't want to see screenshots or or know the name of these accusers or whatever, just so like I could harass them or tell them to keep their whore mouths shut. No, I, I, I wanna go into my texts, scroll through, and see if I need to say I'm sorry to someone. Cause that's something I have done multiple times in the past. I'll just kind of think, I'll be like, oh, I haven't talked to this person for a while. And then I'll look at our last interaction. I'll be like, oh shit, I was kind of a dick. And then I'll just be like, hey, hope you're well. I reread our recent text and, you know, that wasn't cool of me. I'm sorry. Um, I've owned up to, like, ridiculous things, like, right here on this show. Um, I try not to hide too much from y'all. I've told you that I've picked useless Twitter fights with both men's rights activists and radical feminists. I've been open that my last two relationships ended very poorly. I've spent time on this podcast admitting to where I could have been a better boyfriend. Which I can tell y'all, was not easy to do. I don't hide much. Except that one time I cried after calling a disabled kid retarded when I was 11. But you know, now you know that too. This show was built on transparency. Being honest is really one of the few things I know how to do. I have like truthful Tourette's. I don't have many skills other than professionally oversharing. Look, call-outs are super necessary, and I am certainly not above them. But, you know, call-ins are just as needed. By leaving me in the dark about my wrongs and only tweeting vague adjectives surrounding my alleged actions, all you've done is gossip and shout. You didn't change anything. You didn't help anyone. Now, I thought about sitting here, listen off every single thing I can think of where I said something I wasn't proud of, or argued with someone to the point of being a dick, or you know maybe telling certain stories I know are floating out there in the world that are inappropriately incomplete. You know I thought about just get, like truly eight miling myself, but I decided against that because I'm I'm not sure that you're that interested. I'm w- I'm willing to be transparent. This whisper network is not. They won't say what I did. They won't show proof. And honestly, I think it's because uh, they know that if I saw what it is I allegedly did or said, I'd be able to pull up those text messages on my phone and show what preceded or followed that select, uh, that select interaction, you know, or, uh, they might know that I might be able to show that that person was in fact abusing me or, and I, and honestly, I think this terrifies them the most. If they said what I did, I might say, I'm sorry. And if I apologize, I'm not the monster they make me out to be. So if you, you, my listeners, you, my fan whores who I care so much about, if you have a question or a concern, you can email me, manhorpod at gmail.com. If you got a blunt, direct question, bring it, and I will give you a blunt, direct answer. And if you're nervous to say something to me, because, hey, I get that, that can be maybe intimidating to some people, but you'd like to say it or ask it anonymously. You can email my intern Mia at intern at So that, so that's what's going on with me. Um, and I'm going to try to offset this with, you know, I appreciate the emails I get that are positive. You know, they don't have to be positive, but I appreciate the ones that are positive. Like this one that I got, uh, you know, the subject line is Billy, Billy, Coolest fucking Billy, and after that little soliloquy, a silly subject line like that, I feel like is needed, uh, just to just to cleanse our palate a bit. Uh, I get this email, hello from somewhere in the middle of Canada. I've been pondering an email for a while now. I don't know why I'm giving her such a regal voice, but that's what I'm feeling. I've been commuting to your podcast for a few weeks now, and I need to share how it's made me feel so much more comfortable. About some life choices my husband and I have been making in the last year. For many years, my husband's fantasy has been to watch me with another man. For many years, I was much too much of a stuck up prude to consider it. Last year, he started wearing me down, and now that we are done having kids and such, uh, I've been open to starting to explore. Long story short, holy fuck, is it fun and hot! <laughs> It's evolved into more of a, I get to have sex with a friends with benefits whenever I want, and he gets to sometimes join in and sometimes just enjoy the play-by-play remotely. This has rocketed our sex life into a whole new dimension, and our trust with each other has also increased tenfold. Things I never could have dreamed would happen because only fucked up people who have terrible marriages do this sort of thing are happening. Billy? Thank you for making me feel comfortable in this path we are on. Thank you for making me see that just because I enjoy something society does not accept, it doesn't make me a bad person or fucked up or on the verge of divorce or any of those things that I feel every day along with the shame. My life is very much a secret and although I am so very far from wanting anyone to know my secret or even searching for like-minded people geographically close to me. Listening to your kick-ass podcast daily makes me feel like I am not alone in this. Always staying slutty, Shauna. Then she she included a PS uh, that said titties, and then, yeah, she, she attached a, uh, a picture of a very nice set of titties pressed up against a shower uh, glass door. But, hey, the titties aren't the thing that's important here. They're mildly important. They're nice titties. But, um, I you know, I'm glad this woman is... Uh, <laughs> through my, I guess, mishaps or whatever or oversharing is uh, is having a good time. I'm glad this is, you know, making you feel better. But just remember, I'm just a comedian with a fuck show. I don't know what a. am not trying to, you know, change the world here. There's a lot more better qualified people for that. But I'm glad that my show is spicing up your sex life. And I'm, I'm glad you're having a good time. And I'm glad you've got such nice titties. It's now time for our Did You Know segment brought to you by HotMovies.com, one of uh, my new favorite pay-per-minute porn sites where uh, you can actually find porn videos of our guest this week, Ella Darling. We're going to give you five fun facts about the adult entertainment industry that you may or may not have known. Did you know Herschel Savage was a Navy SEAL who was awarded a Purple Heart and a Bronze Star for his actions in Vietnam? Did you know Spaulding Gray, best known for his roles in Stanley Kubrick's The Killing Fields, and as the doctor in Beaches, began his career in early 70s porno films like Maraschino Cherry and The Farmer's Daughters. I've actually seen The Farmer's Daughters. It's very hot. Quite taboo. Uh, and now I'm going to have to go look this up to see which one of those men he was. <laughs> Did you know, and see, we found a thing that I didn't know, but like kind of knew about. I like this. I like this segment. Did you know actor Eddie Adams has appeared in at least four different porn parodies and never once taken his clothes off. He's in it for the acting an artiste. Mwah. Did you know anal sex requires a lot of preparation, including, but not limited to enemas, pre-fingering and eating a particular diet or skipping meals that day you know there's just the george carlin fan of me is like uh, i'm thinking of his pre-boarding bit where he's like you what you get on the you're gonna you finger the ass before you finger the ass how about just calling it fingering the ass okay um (laughs) and finally did you know the victorians outlawed depiction of nudity for all but the upper class who they felt had the moral strength to cope with the images prior to that there were no laws regarding sexual imagery i mean i don't know if that that thought process is true or not all i know all i know is like i'm quite poor i'm definitely a plebeian and i do not have the moral strength uh to cope with such images i need i need lube i need privacy i need time let's be honest i don't really need privacy um to cope i guess that's what we call jerking off coping well you know what i like to quote unquote cope at hotmovies.com, and you can enjoy 20 free minutes on top of any package you sign up for, including their free trial, when you sign up at hotmovies.com slash bonus and use the promo code manhor Again, that's hotmovies.com slash bonus promo code manhor Use it. Do it. Cope. And now for this week's guest, Ella Darling. Um, And she is a... Darling. Uh, This is one of my episodes from my time over at the AVN Awards out in Las Vegas back in January. So, yeah, I've been sitting on this one for a while. I feel mildly guilty about it. Um, Ella specializes in virtual reality porn, and she uh, is one of the leading cam girls over at cam4.com. Now, what is very important, as my intern Mia has discovered is that Cam4 is spelled C-A-M, then the number four, like the numeral four, dot com. Because if you go to Cam, F-O-U-R uh, is a gun wholesaler. Um, so it's a very, very different site. So <laughs> um, Cam4, thenumbercom We had a wonderful conversation about a variety of topics. It was a very chill, relaxed hangout in her hotel room, uh, we were just kind of chilling on her bed. I think I was sitting on an ottoman. I forget. Um, and it was just—it was nice to just sit down and connect with another human being in this virtual reality world, which Ella certainly knows a whole lot about. This is my conversation with Ella Darling.
1: But I think it's—I think it might be getting a little bit better. We just had a decent amount of rain recently. Um, but yeah, so we have a drought. We have fires. We have mudslides when we get rain. But at least we don't have snow.
0: Be, I'm just saying maybe Mother Nature is saying, hey, get out of here. This is <laughs> You're not supposed to be here. <laughs> this...
1: Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's rough.
0: How long you been out there now?
1: I've been out there for a little over eight years.
0: And you moved there to get into the industry?
1: Yeah, I moved out there when I was 23 to do porn and also to get married ah one of those was a great choice yeah you know
0: and the other I, I did look down It was like that's normally it's so weird because when i go out and about like if i go to a bar mm-hmm. and i am noticing attractive women one of the first things i tend to look for is the wedding ring um wait so yeah wait what what happened with that thing
1: wait oh with the marriage um he didn't believe in me he uh yeah he just kind of told me one day that this company this uh i was starting a lesbian porn company and he told me that he didn't as one be- does. Yeah, and he told me he didn't think I could do it unless he did it for me and then like handed it off to me and was like that's really sad that you that you think that. So maybe this just isn't the right choice. So I left and I got into VR. Then I married VR instead.
0: And you married VR instead. Yeah. Yeah. I, is that is that something you've had to deal with before people who don't like boyfriends or girlfriends I I, I don't know how you identify mm-hmm. uh, not uh, believing in you.
1: You know, um sometimes and th- he was the only person he was like the only big relationship I had after I got into porn. Um, but yeah, I feel like after a couple of years, uh, people just kind of forget. They forget the things that they originally valued in someone and, and they forget uh, they forget the value in general of the people that they're with.
0: What, what were you valuing when you made that decision to get into that relationship?
1: Um, you know, it was really fast. Um, I was 23. I think I, it was sort of a whirlwind and it was very exciting. And he was someone I you know, respected a lot as a friend and it felt like the right choice. It was fast, but it was, it was fine. We were married for like four and a half years. So it happened and then it didn't. I feel like any relationship either ends in a breakup or in death. Right. So it's really hard to like, think about like a successful relationship. Like what's the successful part?
0: Yeah. I guess that's the thing we have to define for ourselves. Yeah. Like my girlfriend freaked me out recently and they said to me that, you know, that this isn't permanent like this, is, this isn't gonna last forever and like you know i know that but i was like we don't need to acknowledge no. like there's an expiration date did you no. watch the new series in a black mirror
1: yes i did yes
0: yeah, so the that oh um hang the dj one buckets of tears just oh my gosh but mm-hmm. then i like i just i watched that and i think like i don't want to see the expiration date i don't
1: no. no uh don't need to know yeah i just feel like when you address that you're like once you come face-to-face with that concept and that idea, it's like, okay, well, how, how much longer are we going to stick it out? And then it's just – it's not conducive to a positive experience. Yeah. Yeah.
0: The other thing in that, in that Hang the DJ episode also is that I'm always terrified of – so the guy Frank looks at the expiration date. That's his big mistake that jeopardizes the entire existence of the relationship. Right. I'm terrified of making Frank-level mistakes because I make a lot of mistakes. I'm just—I mean, literally, my brand is being bad at dating. Like, I okay. have a podcast because women wouldn't date me. Okay. Um, so it was like, I—you know—I don't want to make that one thing that may seem like so small, but yet is hu- huge and
1: right. It's just devastating. Um, yeah, I mean, I feel like it's really hard to prepare for that because if you knew the thing, if you like are cognizant of the possible consequences, of it, you just wouldn't do it, so it—you it, can't even see it coming.
0: All right. Well, this is a good time to like uh, say at some point because uh, you're like, oh, are we even recording? Uh, it's uh, what I'm sitting right now with uh, with porn, VR porn darling Ella darling. Uh, Hi. Thanks for thanks for chatting with me. Thanks for having me. It was uh, weird when I was getting into the hall to go find you at your booth. I had to remind myself like, fuck. I had to go look you up and remind myself what you look like. Oh yeah yeah. Because I'm so used to your avatar as you with the <laughs> headset on. I know. So unless you had the headset on, I was like, I don't know if I'm gonna remember what she looked like. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah um i i don't ever want to change my picture because i love that photo so much it's a great photo yeah oh hello we have a zach hello zach hello zach <laughs> do you want to say hi to the podcast hi podcast how's it
0: going it's going all right billy, hi, billy. billy. how you going?
1: <laughs> yay have you have vodka i'm so happy <laughs> thank you baby you're welcome um
0: Avian diet, a steady, uh, beef jerky, and a steady stream of vodka. Yeah, and
1: some sweet peppers. And some sweet peppers. Yeah. That,
0: that's all a gal needs this weekend, no?
1: Yeah, fuck it. Okay.
0: <laughs> we'll go back to eating like normal people on Monday. Probably. Yeah, probably.
1: <laughs> yeah, I love it. Um, ah. So, yeah. what did you do? Uh
0: oh. I opened the Skittles. Oh, no, that's a $1,000. Do you not like
1: Skittles? You get that. Let me see. Ooh. But you what
0: shouldn't that? have to pay for that, though.
1: Ew, that's gross. You shouldn't have to pay Ew. for that. Yeah, we'll talk to him.
0: That's disgusting. Is someone jizz on the skittles. So, so yeah, there's uh, being an audio medium, but I am fascinated by this. It's uh, he opened the 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 fridge, the mini fridge skittles, and it's just uh, there's skittles almost like glued to each other. It does look like jizz. Uh, it does.
1: Doesn't. Oh man, uh, I hate it when people come in my skittles. All right. Oh fuck that.
0: It's only happened to me three times. Oh, man. People jizzing in my Skittles.
1: <laughs> Third time was a charm, huh?
0: Third time, and I was just, they finally listened. They I, they understood.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: No, you jizz on my face, not my <laughs> Skittles.
1: Come on, basic, basic understanding here.
0: Basic stuff here. <laughs> well, how do you survive like the weekend like this? So, you know, when I come up to you, I say, you know, how, how how's the day been? You're like, oh, it's been a day. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what, like I said, it's, 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 I feel like a steady stream of vodka is actually part of like an AVN. <laughs> Schedule.
1: A nice uh slow steady stream of vodka. So mm. like you, you gotta walk the line of like pleasantly buzzed but not fucked up. Um and then if I am being responsible, then I won't drink at three o'clock in the morning. Um that's big like if I'm being responsible. Uh so yeah, just uh there's the cupcake girls, that's what it is. The cupcake girls have a suite. They're an organization that exists to basically advocate for sex workers and they provide a myriad of services. Um so here at AVN they have a suite. And in the suite, they do your hair for free. They do your makeup for free. All of this is them. I oh. swear to God, you would not have wanted to see me this morning. <laughs> um, and yeah, it's just transformative. It's a relaxation suite. There's aromatherapy. They have a separate room where you can get massages and just lay in like an aroma dome. And it's just for performers. It's for uh, the ladies here. And they really take care of us. And uh, I, I want everyone to know how great they are.
0: That makes me want to do porn just to get just the to treatment. Get the that suite. sounds yeah. fantastic.
1: Um, It's really nice. It's really nice. And um. The women who run it are just great.
0: Yeah. And it's got to help with like the headspace of just what AVN is.
1: Yeah. It's like it's so easy to kind of feel lost and um, feel very insignificant. And so when you go there in the morning, they're doing your hair and your makeup. But at the same time, it's like there's something really, uh, I think, personally powerful about having someone else fuss over you and having someone else like care and like participate in your day and in your like your morning. And so it sort of gives you a little bit of confidence and it helps you remember that people
0: give a shit yeah and if they weren't say doing your hair uh who would be doing the hair
1: oh i would be doing the hair and it would be uh incredibly amateur and basically just down and wavy and kind of shitty looking
0: because otherwise like would you have to bring your own hair makeup person
1: oh god no that would be insanely expensive no i mean if we didn't have like at conventions where they're not there i just do it myself i get my makeup okay but my hair is a talent i don't possess
0: (laughs) that's that's a way to put it (laughs) that's a very interesting way to say it
1: yeah um so yeah i love them what are the things
0: help you stay fucking sane in this environment
1: um seeing my friends getting to hang out with with my porno friends it's like porno summer camp yeah so walking around i see like people i know and love but i never actually get to see them offset and i don't really shoot that much anymore so that means i don't really see them at all so just seeing the people who share the community with you and who you know um are just important to you in this space and that's been good
0: a lot of the last few days where you know, I've been recording, I, I keep hearing the word community a lot, like the yeah. porn community. And I don't think you think about that. When you think porn community, you think porn hub's community page where you can upload your own shit. Right. I don't right, think right. you think about y'all I don't know, giving a shit together.
1: Yeah, they don't really see us as sort of a, a social group that like we have our own social structure. We have um, a lot of things that really set our our general experiences apart from a lot of people so there's a lot of things we relate to each other on that we literally can't really relate to anyone else on like the experience of working in porn the stigma that goes along with it the challenges that go along with it There are things that are maybe comparable to some situations in some cases but the whole package is just very very unique so we i think we all sort of have this like this secret handshake that you know once you're in it you feel it
0: there's like an understanding. So you can go yes. to a porn performer you never met and talk about like a really legit problem and, and they'll be like, yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. I, I The boarding school I, th- I was telling you about, you know, before off yeah. mic was, uh, it was like a, almost like therapeutic boarding school. So we had a lot of seminars and stuff like that. And you cannot talk to someone for 10 years that you were at, at Hyde with for three months. Mm-hmm. You can jump right back into just that bond because it's a shared experience you all had.
1: Right. You absolutely. have the same
0: shorthand, the same lingo. Yeah,
1: For sure. For sure.
0: And as, I think that's fantastic. Y'all have organizations. Um, you have uh, It's, it's APAC, right, mm-hmm. is one. And then yeah. uh, the Free Speech Coalition is another.
1: Great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was on the board of APAC for three years. But as I really started to transition from primarily performing to primarily doing tech and kind of being behind the scenes, I just didn't think it was ethical for me to stay on the board of an organization that um, is sort of the voice of performers. Um, I think that – I think the people who hold that mic really need to be people who are actively – Engaged in the industry uh, in a like a ride or die kind of way. And so I stepped down from the board and um, just applaud silently from behind the scenes.
0: Fantastic. Yeah. So, why? So, you're when you say performing, do you mean in, do you include camming or do you mean just period on camera um, stuff?
1: Both porn and camming. Okay. So, I still do a little bit. I'll shoot with my friends, I'll do some VR camming sometimes, but it's not where I derive my primary income. It's not, um, I feel like the experience I have is not the the average experience and i think that for an organization like that you really need people who are um in the weeds just like really relating or having relatable experiences
0: so then what's the type of roles that you want to have now like what is it that you want to do off Um, camera
1: i'm working in virtual reality so i've been learning c plus plus for arduino i've been learning python and i've been making little fun robotics projects um which is not really any goal-oriented thing it's just a thing that i'm trying out Uh, I really want to work more in virtual reality. I want to work more on the tech side of things. That's sort of where I'm going right now.
0: Why do you, why do you love uh, virtual reality porn so much?
1: The thing that I really love about VR is that the, the sense of immersion and the sense of intimacy that you can experience, um, are really transcendent. And for people who don't have access to relationships, who don't have the social skills or maybe the mobility or, uh, the personal, like, time to build relationship with another person it gives you a sort of um a sort of engaging experience that makes you feel close to another human um and one of the big kind of loftier goals for for the stuff that i've been doing is uh like kind of addressing loneliness the way that loneliness impacts people and i think that with this kind of technology especially the live stuff we do at camp 4 vr Mm. um i feel like with that you can really change someone's life experience and quality of life by allowing them to connect so so deeply with another person
0: so even if it's someone hugging a body pillow but they got the headset on and they think it's a it's a real person
1: yeah fuck yeah yeah everybody needs a little sense of connection
0: needs some intimacy
1: yeah absolutely
0: yeah what's your favorite form of like uh of just connecting with a human
1: um that's a good question uh, i told you
0: i'm not coming out here with 10 hacky questions what's yes. your favorite position how do your parents feel about it thank you for Ugh, that rolling my, my eyes gosh,
1: shit i swear to god google it um, <laughs> um i guess i don't know i guess my favorite experience is like my business partner is my, my best friend and so the stuff we do together like it's largely business focus everything we do is sort of is tied to business in some way um but it gives me a sense of connection while also feeling like I'm being constructive and like moving towards a goal. Mm. Um, I don't know. I don't really socialize a lot. I don't really leave my house that much. Really? Yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah. I,
0: what What do you do in your home when you're not coding or um, camming?
1: Well, I mean, I do – instead of camming, mostly I'm just doing like behind the scenes work for yeah. CAM4 and outreach and, and stuff like that. But I most of the time I'm doing something that's work. Otherwise – uh, I like to go hiking. I cook, and right now watch Downton Abbey with my roommate. And um, yeah, I kind of gotta do work all the time.
0: I think a lot of people have a, just this fantasy of like what a porn star's social life and sex life uh, off camera is. Yeah, you know, the they sex think like- is
1: awesome. The social <laughs> life is not really present.
0: Okay, well then that's good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think people just they have a, they have like a scene in their head. They think it's parties. They 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 imagine drugs or alcohol. They're thinking orgies all the time and uh
1: and it can be I mean orgies some of the time I guess. No, I mean it certainly can be and for some people it is. Um I would never posit that my experience is uni- is universal. Mm. Um but when I first got into the industry I was much more into going to parties and you know networking with people and sort of proving myself and uh getting my name known. But at this point I feel like People kind of know who I am, uh, if not through my work, then through my advocacy or through the VR stuff. Uh, So I just don't really feel the need to go and like, it's almost like being at a go seat, right? When Mm. you go to porn parties where there's a bunch of porn directors, you're presenting yourself to them to keep in their mind for for later, uh, for casting. Um, And yeah, so I just really have a need for that. Um, I don't like to stay up late and I get really socially anxious around large crowds of people.
0: Oh my God, me too. Yeah,
1: it's... Wicked
0: man going into I get if I get invited to like a a, a, com, a comedian's like birthday party, I'm like, yeah. oh boy, uh, I, I don't know
1: oh fuck. oh fuck why did I say yes I need I was to, a different person then
0: yeah <laughs> I need to I should have clicked maybe just like everyone else on right. Facebook I it's just so weird because if I know everyone likes me, I'm fine yeah. it's any environment where I don't know where I can't read their minds of like how they feel about me right acquaintances like a, a group of acquaintances fuck that
1: no
0: give yeah. me a group of my friends give me a group also of total strangers.
1: I feel that because you never quite know, like, I feel like friendships and relationships are, are on a spectrum, right? From, oh, hi, I kind of know your name to, oh, my God, you're my absolute best friend or partner or whatever. And sometimes you might sort of feel a connection with a person that falls in a different place on the spectrum than they do. Mm-hmm. And then that discrepancy can be sort of like off-putting for one or both. Yeah. And it's like, oh, hi, I'm Ella. And they're like, oh, my God, yeah, we're like really good friends. And it's like, oh, shit. Or, they oh think god. we're
0: good friends. Or,
1: shit. <laughs> or I'm like, hi, I'm Ella, and they're like, yeah, I know, we've worked together. I'm like, oh shit, I had sex with you, and there's video proof.
0: Ha! Uh, uh, <laughs> oh, that's gotta be- have you. Have you like forgotten? At least twice. You've forgotten that you had sex with some at people.
1: Conventions. Like, oh I'll see some hot babe, and I'm like, oh my god, I want to work with you. And they're like, yeah, Ella, hi, yeah, we have. Do you remember? It was at oh. that house. We did that thing. It was on the counter. It was uncomfortable. Remember? I was like, "Oh, you look so different up here, face to face."
0: How how did you save face on that? You
1: don't. You you wicked don't, dude. You just fucking don't. You just accept that. Well, I fucked that one up. I'm gonna think about that eight years from now when I'm trying to fall asleep. I'm gonna reflect on, (laughs) you know, this massive social fuck up I just did, and you just deal.
0: Oh gosh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's it's just so awkward when you like. And that's a, I feel like that's a thing I get weird about. I don't know if I think I'm more friends. I latch on Mm -hmm. very easily. If Mm -hmm. I have like a, it's something I've had to learn actually doing this show. I've been doing a show like four years now. So I, sometimes if I really connect with someone, I have to walk out and like come down Mm -hmm. from podcast space in a way and remind myself like, you're not best friends Mm -hmm. now. Um, you had a great conversation Mm -hmm. and that is awesome, but. remember that uh like i
1: let's be friends (laughs) let's
0: be friends yeah let's be friends because uh it gets weird yeah it's Mm -hmm. it's it's kind of like dropping down from like a subspace like it's a whole different headspace Mm -hmm. when you just put on headphones and for an hour just fucking connect
1: Mm -hmm. well especially you're wearing headphones and so like my voice is going right into your ears
0: normally i offer the guest headphones but i assume that this weekend all y'all don't want hair fucked up so i just i haven't even bothered asking that's a good insight yeah yeah, I I may not get women a lot of times, but I was like, I could I could think of that one on my own.
1: Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Do you mind if I make another drink?
0: Oh, please, absolutely. Now that we have replenished stock. <laughs> <laughs> and what's you know what's weird about that is I've had to learn that lesson like the hard way of learning my boundaries oh, yeah. or or learning other people's boundaries through my just misreads socially because i'm just a social idiot I feel you. yeah I absolutely understand that.
1: Uh, an australian professor of i believe geography i just did <laughs> his podcast earlier today about porn as a migrating community and like uh sort of the social class and group of porn and comparing it to you know other subtype other marginalized classes other groups of people um it was really interesting um he is mentioning a name that i'm sure i'm supposed to know but i have no idea what it means i'm doing a Mm -hmm. podcast is what i'm gonna say hi everybody (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
0: live we're live scrolling through contacts right now uh
1: (laughs) yes okay and i'm also being checked on by someone who's like well you have a strange man in your hotel room so i'm just gonna check on you totally fair thank you for that
0: i know what i look like You look
1: like a handsome guy.
0: Yeah, yeah. But like handsome guys have like done some of the worst things in history. That's a fair point. (laughs) Scott Peterson sitting in a jail cell looking mad cute. Yeah. Lordy. Yeah.
1: Um, So when you cheers, you say salute. What's the story there?
0: I don't know I'm, t- I'm raised Italian it's like the one Italian-ish thing that I have I d- I don't eat the food the way I'm supposed to I was a real picky eater mm-hmm. so family dinner like anytime they made something nice mm-hmm. I was the one be like "Oh I want it plain I don't oh. want the tomato sauce" <laughs> Who the fuck was that? I didn't want tomato sauce So it was uh Wait, Did you
1: just eat like raw like just pasta with water? With butter. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Butter. Or a is pizza amazing. plain. My
0: burger's plain. Like very, very. T- my, my first girlfriend when I was 18 said like I had a beige diet. Like anything that was I, beige was for me.
1: Speaking of a beige diet, have you tried Soylent?
0: Oh, just the word soy, though, makes me get all like.
1: Uh, There's not a lot of soy in it. I get
0: emotionally exhausted hearing the word soy.
1: Okay, okay, that's a what, lie. But I've Let's heard. trigger you. I've
0: heard of Soylent. What is what is Soylent?
1: It's like, it's nerd food. It's programmer food. It's a, it's a meal in a bottle. It's 400 calories in a bottle. It's got a fuckload of vitamins. So mm-hmm. it can actually replace all of your actual meals. So you can live entirely on Soylent. Um, I got to figure out how
0: many Weight Watchers points that is.
1: (laughs) I think they have the number of points on the site. I
0: wouldn't be surprised. (laughs)
1: Um, But yeah, it's like it just – I have had a lot of times in my life where I either can't eat or choose not to eat and I get to the point or I'll forget to eat. Um, I'll either get really nauseous or I just you know – I'm in a stressed out place. So I'll get to the point where I don't eat long enough that suddenly I'm ravenous but nothing sounds good and then I get sick um, or end up in the hospital because – I get nausea. Um, Soylent fills a gap for me that regular food has not been able to. It's mm. like it sort of pulls me back from that brink. It's just it's neutral, it's beige, it's uh, like it, mildly sweet.
0: I was gonna say, does it taste good?
1: It's like I love it. Honestly, I I absolutely love it. I've been drinking it every day for well, over a year now, and I don't get sick of it. I, I mm. think it's wonderful. It's it's really done a lot for me. All
0: right. I mean, is food like some sort of a struggle for you at all?
1: Yeah, a little bit. I mean, I've had body issues for most of my life. Uh, Believe it or not, porn actually helped decrease those issues. Like I see all the different body types in porn and how like everybody can have a fan base. Everybody, um, no matter what you look like, someone's jerking off to you. And also like a lot of the bodies that are really um, cherished in porn are are very different from you know runway and and glamour modeling, which I did Mm. before. So when I was doing runway stuff, oh, first of all, people are very catty and tend to be very adversarial mm. and you're constantly comparing yourself and it's just like this race to the bottom of of thinness um, which, you know, can be very unhealthy and very damaging. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, doing porn, it's very much different. People are jerking off to you and they're not, you know, using you as a coat hanger for their fancy dresses. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's, it's really helped me a lot. But yeah, I've struggled with that. Um, and also just general, like, I have some kind of weird nausea disorder where the doctors don't care enough to figure out what it is or don't know enough or fucking whatever. American healthcare is so yeah. great. Um, but I just know that every once in a while I have to go to the ER and get a two IVs and a shot of this anti-nausea drug called Phenogren and then I'm fine. But between Soylent and weed, I have been able to avoid experiences like that for years now. Hmm. Um, and I absolutely credit those two things.
0: It's It's fascinating because a lot of people would say like, oh, porn gives us unfair body standards and well, it's there like is
1: that too that believe me especially i've been doing this since i was 23 i'm 31 now mm-hmm. i'm like seeing yourself aging and nude in permanent media is is a challenge and there's certainly that there's certainly you know when you get cast with this young tiny 18 year old and you're like well i didn't feel bad about myself before um it is challenging and i would never Want to imply that you know we're free of issues, or especially, especially when your when your self worth is tied to your success and your job, and your job is dependent upon your your naked body, you can get into a fucked up cycle, mm. and it's very easy to sort of fall into to unhealthy behaviors and thought processes. Um, and so that's something that I I make an effort to really try to avoid because I've looked at pictures of myself when I was like twenty three and twenty four, and it just at the time I thought, you know, I should probably lose a few more pounds. But when I look at these photos, it's like, Oh, honey, that's that was not good. It wasn't cute and it wasn't healthy. It's just like like my mental illness is being broadcast through my rib cage, which is showing through my skin. It was not good. So yeah, it's it's a struggle.
0: Yeah, I look at pictures from when I was twenty four and I and I was still always like uh maybe I was like five pounds away from whatever my goal weight was at the time. Mm-hmm. And I look at that picture now. I'm like, Oh, you know what? I would love, I would kill just to have that body back. I
1: know, I relate. Ugh. I relate completely. And so that's the thing. I try to remind myself that like, here's how I feel about me five years ago, 10 years ago in five or 10 years, I'm going to wish that I had this. So let me take a minute and cherish and appreciate this because I'm always going to be wishing that I had what I had five years ago. So while I have it now, let's, try to find the, the good and and find something to appreciate and, you know, just going through some positive mantras.
0: Yeah. The fashion industry is like starting to try to <clears throat> get more like inclusive about body sizes, but no, who would have thought that like porn, you know, a lot of people don't, again, they don't attribute a lot of like social progression through porn, but like you're, like you said, you see all the bodies, everyone's can have the fan base. Yeah,
1: absolutely. So
0: in a way, you know, but porn is plenty body positive. So long as you find the type of porn you're doing,
1: you can find a niche anywhere. Um, the, the more atypical your body type or the farther you are from like the, uh, the median of, uh, conventional attractiveness, the harder it's going to be. So it's not, it's not going to be easy to, to be, you know, to be coming into it, um, as a niche body type, um, In any sense, like even when it comes down to like tattoos, like Mm. I have a bunch of tattoos and it makes it not as easy, but you can find a place, you can find a fan base and you can create um, a brand that is successful no matter what you look
0: like. Has your brand changed from, say, when you were 23, 24 to up, I'll say now, but I take it into account that you're not doing as much performing.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um, it took me a while to kind of find who Ella Darling was, Mm -hmm. right? Like I know who I am. And I know that this persona is an extension of me, but which parts of me am I willing to share with the world? Which parts of me am I, you know, do I want to stake a brand on and which parts of me am I going to keep private for myself and my loved ones? And so, um, you know, at 23, I feel like I was a lot more like, I was a lot more naive, but I was a lot more open. So I think my brand and my persona was a lot more like kind of youthful. Um, moving to LA, leaving a job as a reference librarian living in a town where most people dress like toddlers with permissive parents i got to la i didn't have to work you know in a professional setting and i'm like fucking i dressed like a doll i would wear like a little this dress that looks like raggedy and i mm-hmm. would like it was i would wear like a bunch of owl things and a bunch of animal things and um it was very young and cutesy it was like uh shut in burning man kind of style i would say um, and now I'm a lot more reserved, uh, a lot more, I feel like Ella Darling is more like a tech oriented person. I very much cross over into both worlds. So I always like wears a headset, <laughs> always wears a headset. Um, but so I speak at conferences, at VR conferences and tech conferences all around the world. And I also speak at porn conferences. So I sort of have, you know, my feet on both sides of this, this boundary between them. And, um, so I feel like now it's a lot more, uh, intellectual, um, a lot more, Tech oriented, a lot more, um, like kind of nerd, like dude broy nerd nerd dude mm-hmm. appeal.
0: What's what's that look like? I, I forgive me, I have not uh, seen a lot of your work. I uh, it, it's sometimes weird if I have to do research with lotion. Oh uh, yeah, because I'll be like, I should watch the scene, but then I'm like, ah, but now I'm horny, and this is, <laughs> and I'm not gonna write as much if I do that. And I'll be like, you know what? Okay, fine, I'll jerk off, and then I'll write, and then I'll jerk off, and then I'll be like, I forgot uh, what notes I thought in my head, so. <laughs> Uh, you need to just
1: record yourself and then go over it.
0: So so what what does tech broy Ella darling look like? What's that kind of porn look like?
1: Um you know, I guess the porn itself, like the porn itself is maybe not changed that much, except I did Boy Girl for a little while, which I didn't do for the first four and a half years. Oh. I did it for like a year and a half, and then I I'm just not
0: fucking straight enough for that.
1: You know? <laughs> You're not straight
0: enough. I mean, well how how do you how do you identify?
1: Um I am pansexual. Um largely interested in women. Uh with men I tend to be more monogamish. Um so like if I'm really into a dude I'll, I'll generally at this point in my life just wanna hook up with him in terms of like male partners, mm-hmm. but I'll fuck all girls all the time. And when I have a female partner, typically or so far, it's usually been like open relationships where we're very supportive of each other and we encourage each other and uh it's a very strong partnership, but it's just not exclusive. Mm. So yeah, um, I can find something I love about every woman that I fuck in porn, and I can find something that I could kind of take or leave. Ha, ha, in, with the dudes.
0: <laughs> it's like, you're not necessary, but like I can find something redeemable.
1: You'll do. You'll do in a pinch.
0: <laughs> You'll do. That what <laughs> How do you feel about dudes? Eh, he'll do. Uh, wow, that's... <laughs>
1: Um, but yeah, so like i I find one person who like I really connect with and sort of attach to. and honestly, like i've I've been in positions where like I've had that guy, and it you know, for various reasons, wasn't necessarily exclusive. And so I'd you know, I went on a fucking tram page, and for a while, it was like I was just trying to find like to prove to myself that there's equally good or better sex out there than this one person that you're, but every single time it was like, that was good. but then there's that other thing that he does and it's like this whole like grab bag package of like really good sex what's
0: that what's what's another what's that other little thing that a guy can do to stand out with you um everyone listening fellas take notes take out your pens no I'll...
1: um kindness and intellectual like
0: stimulation I,
1: yeah like i the person that i'm involved with right now is a lot smarter than i am which is something that i i don't i say with humility but i'm not like shit talking myself he is objectively brilliant very very smart Mm -hmm. and that's what that's what i am attracted to uh and then also you have to be able to put up with the fact that i'm going to make really stupid jokes and puns while we're fucking like
0: (laughs) oh you're awesome i you're great like sometimes
1: we'll be fucking and i just like can't help it. And I'll, like, make some stupid crack. And then I get on a roll and I can't stop. And then, like, I do this weird thing with my face so I don't laugh. Like, I'm just, like, sitting there trying. Not-
0: <laughs> and he's still trying to stay hard while you make whatever face that <laughs> is.
1: laughing while he's fucking me. He's like, I know you're thinking of a pun right now. God damn it. Stop it.
0: I love laughing during sex. Like, me having too. fun with that is great. And, and and for me, having a partner who can who can be, like, consistent with some sense of humor Yeah, is absolutely. so key and crucial.
1: Yeah, you need that, you know? Like, sometimes... Here's the thing. When you have a partner or boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever, whatever flavor you you go for, um, you're going to have some real fucking tough times, right? Over the course of your relationship together, especially if it's a long one, you're going to have times where things suck, where you have to have hard conversations, where you have to face things that are challenging. And if you can do it with humor and with respect, um, I think it just makes everything a lot better. When you can find the humor in shitty situations, both between the two of you or just with the world, like you against the world. I feel like it's just easier to move past things. And I have three core tenets um, with my, my current partner that I'm fucking uh, and it's trust, respect and communication. Like those are the three things I demand and I cannot abide not having those three things present. Like mm-hmm. tell if what you're going to tell me is fucking terrible and it's going to break my heart or piss me off i would much rather have that than be happy and and ignorant so Mm. those are the things that we we sort of hold dear
0: what do you mean by that last one well like as in you'd rather have something shitty but honest rather than something fake and uh nice
1: comfortable yeah exactly exactly like i can deal with pretty much anything as long as you're communicating with me with honesty and we're respecting each other like I feel like with those three things present, there's not much you can't overcome.
0: Communication so key. So yeah. key. Um, my, my present girlfriend, the, uh, the communication is, like, really strong. And I think sometimes, like, they don't trust that I respect them. Okay. And it's hard because I am so dumbly honest. Like, I don't know how to lie. I'm honest to a fault, yeah. if anything. Like, I say all the things I'm not supposed to say. Like I don't know. Like I'm, i just the, the dumb, stupid example is if you ask me if your ass looks fat in a pair of jeans and it does, like I will tell you, um, but only because you asked me to. Right. It's it's. I mean, I got no lessons on social cues for you know a better part of a decade that I don't know. Not, I don't know how to like say the right thing. I just know how to say what the honest thing is.
1: See, and it's tough because I think uh, it really depends on the person if they want honesty or if they want you to build them up. And I think one of the things that I do is. If I am asking you a question and there is a right answer, I will try to communicate that or I'll admit that like I'm asking you this but this is what I need to take away Give from Give
0: me a hint, right? It's yeah. like it just nudge me in the right direction. Yeah. I can play along but if, if if I'm not a mind reader.
1: Yeah, exactly. And you can't expect people to be. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, my phone has been ringing. This is like the longest it's been ringing and not gone to voicemail. My landlord is calling. me. Your landlord's calling? Landlord everybody calling. Everybody me. blowing up your phone. Everybody wants a piece of this. Uh,
0: well, I, I mean, obviously, clearly, keep look at you interrupting
1: your podcast with like, "Oh, my friends here. My my landlord's calling. Oh, I'm just gonna answer this text real quick so they know that I'm safe." Like
0: you, yeah, but at least your interruptions are interesting. They're like, "Hey, can I make you another drink?" Um, <laughs> or it's like a guy who's got a, a funny line to oh, say. And yeah. I've had a couple, and not often, but sometimes. You know, I've had guests who are on their fucking phone. I was like, what are we on a bad first date? No, <laughs> get off the thing. This is, I I I don't know how you think of this. This is my job. Like, this isn't uh, like a fun little hobby thing we're doing. Yeah. So That's weird. Yeah, it's so strange. And then it takes me out of it, yeah. of course, because now I'm like, how, how are you going to connect if right. your mind is on the phone? Uh, cause this podcast doesn't really, this, the way my show is, it doesn't really work no, if it's, it's conversational. not connected. It's, a, it's
1: about, en- like, it's engaging. This is so much fun. I'm so glad I'm doing this with you. And uh, I'm also so glad that we, it's this chill, just sort of like us fucking chatting. Yeah. Um, and like you said, you're not asking me about fucking porn positions or like, oh my God, the fucking questions, dude.
0: What are like <sighs> your, your least favorite questions to get at these interviews? Cause to give people an idea of what AVN is, and and you said it while we were walking up here. You're doing interviews all day, which for me I have yeah. to keep in mind. Uh, I have to contextualize this so I don't take things personally, and so I don't set you know accidentally just piss someone off. Right. Because if maybe I, if I was going to L.A. and I was just casually hanging up to do an interview, it'd be very different than here at AVN, where you're doing maybe what a dozen, thirty interviews in a weekend, like
1: five hundred million. Yeah,
0: just ish. a ton, and a lot of them probably same questions. Yeah.
1: Well, yeah. Um lately, because I've been getting more press and, like, I have a publicist um, at Star Factory PR, Tanya Tate. She's such a bitch. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. yeah uh, so I have her. They follow me on Twitter. And she handles it. She handles a lot of things. So she just tells me, okay, this time you're going to be here, you're going to be here, you're going to be here. Um, and because I've been working with her, I work with her every January when I do these shows. Um, I've sort of gotten to know some of the people in the press room where I have this sort of – social proof from other people in the press room where like they know who i am so lately i've been getting better questions and better interviews but sometimes you know people just they're doing their their 20 questions and they just they whatever format they're doing it's just fine whatever but the questions that i fucking hate so i wanted to to be nice before i say this because if people don't you dare be nice ella
0: darling don't you dare
1: (laughs) um what's your ideal penis size like that's objectifying and kind of rude and also i don't know i'm a girl i'm taught that five inches is like totally seven you know (laughs) um so anything about penises or like genitalia um one guy it was a tech interview and bless his heart he was so sweet he was very young Mm -hmm. he was new to like sort of this tech podcast and like i'm there to talk about technology and the shit that i'm developing and his first question was do i have a name for my vagina it's like yeah it's called a vagina maybe a vulva depending on where like, like really dude oh. of all the things you want? and he was you know he was so nervous yeah. and and i told him you know you can ask me anything so it was you know i had some responsibility there but so anything about fucking body parts like dude watch a porno like, yeah or what's my favorite sex position like fucking why it doesn't matter just watch the fucking scene and see what you like um let's see I'm less of a fan of how did you lose your virginity because I feel like most people lose or many people lose their virginity when they're teenagers, like younger Mm -hmm. teenagers. And I feel weird speaking in a pornographic context, but having sex as like a 15 year old. It's like
0: talking about a minor. Exactly. And you're the minor.
1: Exactly. And I just have some mixed feelings about it. So I'll talk about it in like a a relational way. Like what was the experience like? But I don't want to talk about like, I mean- I don't want to facilitate people imagining me being 15 and having and, sex. Like, if you're thinking about it right now, you stop it. You knock that yeah. off. You knock that right off.
0: Gosh. Frank, put it down. Come I on, see you, dude. Frank, and I know what you're doing, and it's not okay. It's S- not okay. Someone
1: named Frank is listening to this, and he is looking around like –
0: He's Googling oh. for 15-year-old Ella Darling yeah. pictures, and that's not that's not it's acceptable, not, sir. Not, not at good. all.
1: <laughs> um, and, yeah, just that kind of shit, you know?
0: And I, Yeah, and I find that stuff so hacky. Like, it's not that I'm never interested in – what's your ideal penis size if you have one yeah. if it comes up in conversation.
1: Exactly, exactly. I like but, organic conversation. Like, any of these questions, I'm not going to be mad if I get asked. It's just like... Those questions so, come up
0: in organic conversation. If you're yeah. with your girlfriends or, or who, if just friends in general, sometimes that shit just comes up.
1: Yeah, you just talk about just like the ideal penis. Yeah. It just comes up. Yeah. Uh, no, So yeah, there's there's that stuff or like, um, oh, what's your favorite sport? That I get asked that sometimes in like the... Fucking! If it's not played on a broomstick, I don't know anything about uh, it. Like, I do not fucking know. If you think I'm the sporty type, you're wrong, honey. Like I, I'm writing Python for fun. I'm like building robots for fun. I don't know what a. F- I don't fucking know. No that big shit. deal, but
0: I did once. Uh, I was once a commentator at the Quidditch World Cup. So uh, no big deal okay,
1: here. wow. You're not just going <laughs> to drop that bomb and walk away from it. Please tell me more. Uh,
0: okay. I think it was like the year after I graduated college, yeah. and I. A, a comedian, Aton Levine, who, by the time you all hear this, you all have listened to his episode. He wrote cool. the... Ha- Did you see the Hamilton Toe porn parody? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He came up with the idea. That's cool. He pitched Wood Rocket the idea, and then they made it, so he wrote the porno. Um awesome. But he's a comedian. He's just some comic, and okay. he hit me up. He's like, hey, they're doing the Quiz World Cup in New York City, and this guy asked me to get a bunch of people to commentate, because it's like all... I don't know. It's like a big bracket-style type thing, so there's a lot of mm-hmm. games going on, different pitches, and uh, so I got to... like." commentate on like i don't know like probably like four games or so that's it so cool watch like people dressed as golden snitches run around
1: that's awesome so i
0: got a free broom
1: <laughs> what's the broom like
0: i actually have to go find it because i think it's somewhere at my mom's house uh but it's a, it's a cool broom like it looks like a quidditch broom
1: amazing and
0: i got it because uh some i'm commentating a game and a snitch from a different game a different match runs up to the commentary table drops a broom in front of me and then goes like shh and runs away oh so it kind of felt like magic to that start was magic that, yeah. that
1: broom chose you it did it did go like on
0: and then i'm leaving uh, after the day it was like day one of games so day one's done and i'm walking out and one of the people who works there uh i think it might have even been a town but someone says hey you can't take the brooms i was like oh no this is my broom oh yeah and he said did you buy it i said it's my broom yeah
1: and i just kept it. walking
0: yeah i was like it's my broom so and bye well, that's cool shit because those things retail for like 120 dollars you so for a you're broom.
1: admitting to uh class something felony what i don't think things?
0: i th- i think i knew someone stole a broom and i just walked away with it okay. but i think Statue of limitations is out it's on that an one
1: accessory that's what.
0: but it was fun watching people bullshit. like pretend to be that flying
1: amazing i love that <laughs> Uh yeah that's awesome
0: yeah if you ever see Quids world cup like in your neighborhood in your like local city oh, go to, to go. it because holy fuck is it fun
1: yeah
0: um but yeah, no. So, but I'm surprised people ask like what sport you like. Oh.
1: Here's another one: What are your measurements, <laughs> bitch? I don't fucking know. And also, like, I'm not gonna bust out a tape. I, I, I do not need the dysmorphia that's going to follow taking my measure. Are you making what are you me gonna do? With, what are
0: you gonna do with the measurements? You're yeah. not making a dress. Yeah,
1: you don't. How do you even conceptualize that? Like, you tell
0: me 36, 24, 36. I know that's supposed to be hot. I don't, I know, don't what know what it, what looks, it looks like. like.
1: Yeah, uh and why like why do you fucking care or what's your bra size? Like
0: That's the that one I do. At least I can do something with it. Because you can
1: visualize yeah, what it is. Yeah,
0: I get an idea.
1: Yeah, like I don't fucking know. Um do you mean like Nordstrom or Victoria's Secret? Like there's such inconsistency in in bra sizing. And also, I think that people don't understand the way bra sizing works that like uh you can be an A cup and a B cup if you just change the band size. And it like like you can fit multiple sizes and it, like usually or many people can so it's like man if you're buying me lingerie we'll talk yeah but otherwise why the hell do you this is just filler this is bullshit filler yeah
0: and it's because you you you're too scared to try to I guess like connect or like. I mean, it's not for nothing. Sometimes it's the outlet's fault because the outlet, it's like, it's, it's, you know, especially when it's like online print, then, you know, oh, well, we're going to, you know, format it right. like it's question, answer, question, answer. We're like, don't do that shit. I used to interview comedians for, um, for a website about comedy news and we didn't do that. Like yeah. I would have one of these types of conversations, transcribe the motherfucker and put that up. And that yeah. was always way more interesting than like, let's ask Pete Holmes 10 questions.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it's it's the iceberg lettuce of, of questions. Yeah,
0: and and also some of these are just super fucking loaded questions because you ask like the what are your measurements? Cool. How do you know they're not struggling with severe body dysmorphia or eating disorders? Yeah, exactly. How'd you lose your virginity? Oh, dude, are you walking into a possible bomb on that I one? I
1: know that could be incredibly traumatizing. How'd you, you lose your what? virginity?
0: I got raped. Ooh, I have no segue out of this.
1: Yeah, like <laughs> I give, we give, performers give so much of our sexuality to the public we give so much of ourselves that like why do you have to demand more if i wanted like and you know what some people are totally happy talking about it and it's just a thing for me it's like it's weird for me sometimes it's not for everybody that's fine some people are cool with it but it's just like why do you have to demand more sexual availability when i'm already like you can google my butthole but i have a little something
0: you that's like it's going to nobody you can google my butthole you can
1: google my butthole okay i just need to make sure i'm yeah. fucking on my phone again it's okay fucking i know hello. i i if
0: especially if it's a, the chick check or a person checking in on you like you're i sure. totally get that yes um
1: i think i have to be in a press room soon tell
0: me uh yeah what's uh what time do you gotta be there let's
1: take a little, little peek here god damn i just don't i want to leave this room right now uh
0: I mean you're good on you for fulfilling all the obligations. I landed, my plane landed on Wednesday, and Amelia got a text being like, Yeah, this oh, person shit. does oh.
1: I gotta be downstairs. Okay,
0: yeah. fuck. Um, can you do five minutes?
1: Yeah, you know what? Um can we pause for just a second? We can pause for a second, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Uh yeah, let's pause for a
0: second. Time for the fan whore appreciation moment. All right. This is the part of the podcast where I like to thank some of the members of my fan whore community on Patreon. Patreon is the best way to support the Manwhore podcast, Uh, help keep a roof over my head, get access to exclusive bonus episodes, and uh, be a part of some really super secret fun fan whore communities on Facebook and Kick. Right now, I want to say a thank you to Daniel Hammond. Go Lions! Right? I think that's your team. Lions. I don't know. All I, all I know is both my exes come from lions' families. Uh, go them and go you. And then uh, thank you to Christian Allen, uh, who is from my favorite place. Orlando. I love you, Orlando. Okay, that might have gone along a little longer than needed. I hope I hope I don't get sued. <laughs> uh, thank you, Christian, for your support and for your pledge. And you too can become a member of my fan whore community and support the man whore podcast for as little as $1. All you got to do is go to patreoncom slash man whore podcast and make a pledge. And, and just to remind you, if we hit $1,500 pledged by August, I will get, because I'm a man of my word, I will get my nipples pierced at manhorcon and live stream it to the world. If you've ever wanted to see me cry, go over there, throw down a dollar, throw down ten. Hey, throw down a hundred. So again, patreon.com, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash whore Podcast. But now let's go ahead and wrap up with Ella Darling. i basically take it as like the knock is the <gasps>
1: Yeah, but we can oh I'm so glad. I'm so glad we can
0: organically wrap up. Cool, cool. Well will uh, keep going on the we were saying that the some questions just are fucking time bombs you don't know what they're loaded questions they're
1: loaded questions and like here's what i like here's what i really really like um when people interview me and they say you know if if there's a question that you just don't feel like answering or you don't really have a good answer to just we'll pass it and we'll edit it out or When they go over the questions first and they're like, okay, just let me know which ones you want to answer. And they have a selection. So, you know, for some people, they really want to talk about when they lost their virginity and they really want to talk about penis sizes. And other people might really want to talk about, like, how they created their stage name or what their favorite cocktail is. Like, you know, give me a selection. And when I if I have something interesting to say about it, then I can provide that. Mm -hmm. And if it's like vodka soda, why? What? It's like nobody gives a shit. Yeah. Yeah. So I like that.
0: Yeah, and uh, again, it's uh, and and you, it's fine. To, like, go in with an agenda because I think some reporters go like they're like, okay, well, I know I want to get these things. It's fine to go in with that, but sometimes, dude, like, it's just not going to work. Like, I talked to Ginger Banks today. One of the main reasons I wanted to talk to her initially when I was first pitched to her by her publicist was uh, <clears throat> she cams, but like her sister camps too, and sometimes has done some cam things with the sister. I was like, obviously, all I wanted to do was like tell me about camming with your sister. We didn't get to it like i i brought it up uh because the sister was in there most of the time then like left i was like oh so your sister just left i thought that was a second we got it like you know there's like two minutes of something and then go went back in the thing they were more passionate about i'd way rather you talk about something you're passionate about than something i'm passionate about and you're kind of like meh
1: yeah you know and and
0: and i think that's just such a fault of uh people and they miss out on such great conversation and answers and content uh because of it
1: you're so right i absolutely agree with you yeah yeah i mean the things that come out because they come out organically that you would never think to ask because how would you know? Those are the things that I think are most interesting because those are the things people don't tap into because like, well, I'm I'm not gonna tell you about it because you didn't ask me about it and I don't want to just like <laughs> in- interject. <laughs> um but yeah, as a matter of fact, I was in a circus side show or fucking whatever, you know. Oh whatever fuck, how did I miss See, that? I just interjected Tory, it? Tori,
0: god it. damn it, how did you it. not find that in your research? Um no, it's okay. <laughs> um <laughs>
1: It's it's a hidden part of my past because uh,
0: Ne- when, next reasons. time I'm on the West Coast, I'm gonna have to do a follow up and find out about oh, yeah. Circus Sideshow. Oh yeah, I gotta do it. Uh, when, when you're less uh, press heavy. Yeah. Well, I know you're pimping Cam Four cams, and yes. I know we're basically our, our the time is up when we hear a knock at the door. Yeah. So why don't you tell us a little bit about Cam Four and about the VR porn that they do there, and uh, and where people can find you?
1: Okay, Cam Four is a really cool cam site. It's a freemium site, so you can watch. Uh, you can watch cams for free, you can watch cam4VR for free, but to really get the best of the experience, you want to get some tokens on the site, um, and it's sort of like a crowdsourced sex experience. So a performer will set, like, a goal, like a number of tokens they want to reach, and what they'll do at that goal, and then, like, have, like, other things they'll do for, like, so uh, at 500 tokens, I'm going to do this cool thing with my butt, but, you know, for 15 tokens at a time, I'll do a cool thing with my boob, and, like... As people watch, like people tip small amounts so they get a little taste of things. And then when everybody has – like when a lot of people have chipped in and they hit that goal, then you get this extra new thing. And so that's sort of what Camp 4 is. It's very inclusive. Uh, it's very intersectional. There's anything that you're into, you can find it on Camp 4 It's very um, exhibitionist. Um, and Camp 4 VR is an extension of all of that. So uh, it's the only VR live cam platform available right now based on the first ever that me and my business partner made. I'm the world's first VR cam girl. Uh But Cam 4 VR is really excellent. If you have a VR headset, you should definitely check it out. If you don't have a VR headset, you can still watch those performers on the site. You can click and drag and see their whole bedroom. Um, But Cam 4 is just great. I I really like working for them. Um, I was very... I put a lot of time and research into the campsite I wanted to work with with my VR platform. You know, who I wanted to approach, who I wanted to talk to. And I love Cam 4 because they're big supporters and advocates of performers. They have... Behind the scenes, they have like my friend Nikki Knight is a cam coach. She's the cam coach. She's a head cam coach. At There's War. a cam coach. There's a cam coach, and they have like a does program. she do camming herself? She is a cam performer, and then she
0: also coaches.
1: But she coaches, so she's been there. She knows what it's like, and she'll help you. You know she'll answer questions she'll help you sort of uh, make sense of things if, if you're having a hard time if you're struggling she'll, she does regular coaching sessions where performers can just come and watch and, and talk to her and interact with her and she gives you new tips and things you know here's something you might not think of to do that'll you know give some diversity to what you're doing and, and make it more interesting
0: when She's I was fantastic. camming in college I could have totally used that yeah
1: and we, cam. Have, cam, we have male cam coaches we have female cam coaches we have uh, s- multiple I, <laughs> languages I would just be
0: worried that the male cam coach would be like well first lose 10 pounds and then let's work um, um
1: sweetie they would never they would never um but yeah they more languages than i can even remember right now but there's a lot of different so it's very accessible and it's very performer focused mm-hmm. the entire the entire mission statement that really sold me on them is uh they do what's called a content-centric strategy which means the content is the performers so it's centered around performers it's sen- centered around helping them build a brand and helping them feel successful and be successful and then you know, when they're happy, everyone else is happy. So I love that about Cam4. 4. Cam4 4 VR is really awesome. I'm gonna be expanding it this year and adding new performers and new cameras and new ways to interact. Uh and it's something I'm very excited about, very passionate about. And I, I genuinely do like this company.
0: Fantastic. So. And where it's can people find you specifically?
1: Uh Twitter and Instagram. I'm at E L A Darling. Ella
0: Darling. Awesome well uh Ella, thank you so much we next time i'm on um, i'm out in uh, your l a base right I am. next time I'm in l a we should definitely do a follow up where yes. we uh where we won't have uh, all the the hubbub of a v n Yes. I would love to talk more with you it'll
1: be so much more boring then it'll be great
0: I can't wait to be with boring Ella darling but Fantastic. until now uh exciting Ella darling, why, why don't you say goodbye to everybody
1: bye sweetheart thank you for listening to me thank you for listening to me
0: to me talk at you. <laughs> Oh, that was wonderful. Oh, I really enjoyed chatting with Ella. I'd, I'd really like to get together again with her and, um, and talk some more. I'd really like to learn some more about virtual reality porn. It's so weird. She's a VR cam girl. That's like her thing. And it, we like did not cover it at all. Very strange. So obviously I'm going to have to talk to her again. Um, again, you can go check Ella out on Twitter and Instagram at Ella Darling. That's E-L-A. D-A-R-L-I-N-G. Uh, you can watch her webcam with your preferred VR device at cam4.com. Again, that is cam, C-A-M, the numeral four dot com. Unless you are looking for a firearms wholesaler, then you go to the other cam4. <laughs> uh, as always, I'm on Twitter and Instagram at TheBillyPresida. Uh, go give me a follow. Give me a shout out. Use the hashtag Podcast so I can see what you're saying about the show go like our Facebook fan page. We've got that populated with all sorts of fun content over there. And as always, you can email me your comments, your questions, your titty pictures over to manwhorepod at gmail.com. And on a more serious note, if you want to ask me something uh, or say something directly that you would like to be more anonymous about, you may email my intern, Mia, at intern at She will pass along your message and uh, leave out your name and contact info. And last but certainly not least, Man Con is upon us. You can still go get your weekend pass and join me and your fellow fan whores for a fun-filled, sexy, sex-positive weekend of events here in New York City, August 3rd through 5th. Head on over to manhorpod.com slash tickets, get your weekend pass today start making your travel plans tomorrow uh next week we've got a wonderful episode with my friend and fellow stand-up comedian margot reese talking about her very fresh very recent transition both into womanhood and into being a professional dominatrix to pay for said womanhood really fun episode you're in for a treat next week but until then stay slutty